What up, gamer guys and gals? Welcome to episode one of the Battle Mallet Podcast. This show delves into the minds of four busy gamers, discussing their annual trip to the Nova Gaming Convention, the games they love, and balancing life with those games. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Hot Dice, which is the Nova Open schedule, and what our plans are for the 2019 Nova Open. And then we're also going to get into Tabletop Muster with um, just discussing kind of briefly what we're, our 2019 goals are. My name's Trace. I'm Jared. I'm Danny. And I'm Jason. And after the break, we're going to get back with Jason's Hot Dice and let me get a taste of them. And we're back. Trace, I don't know about letting you touch my hot dice. They might go cold and roll ones. Absolutely. Warm those hands up, baby. Please. You know I only roll blue dice, so. Anyway. In the hobby worlds this week, our hot dice, we have a very exciting week this week. Everybody out there. You know, this whole show is based around our uh, adventure to make it to Nova every single year and our preparation throughout the year. Well, this week we received the wonderful news that we look forward to every year, and that is the release of the Nova open schedule, man. I am super excited, you know, especially for that wonderful night vault shades by our Warhammer underworlds tournament. That is the crown jewel of why I'm going to Nova uh i can't wait for it I, I really like the format that they use at nova although it is a long long event for for us underworld players uh you play almost every single day but the great thing is it gives me plenty of time uh to spend with my friends and enjoy all the other games that that i go to play and go to see uh spend time in the vendor hall so i'll be playing thursday friday saturday and sunday uh with that in a grand grand clash style format super excited right now i'm looking thinking about taking those uh wonderful god sworn hunt with me but we'll see as we get closer um the other event that i'm really looking forward to is uh the nova open narrative for 40k so last year wasn't a wasn't a huge exp- uh, it was a new experience for me let's put it that way uh, i took a narrative event list as what i would claim as a narrative event list would you agree with me there jared yeah yeah it was pretty narrative what did you bring what was it uh you know i brought some primaris uh a land raider some dreadnoughts uh, notice there was no knights in that list whatsoever and i feel like it was knights aplenty uh, i also painted my army uh, which was, I guess, optional for some. <laughs> uh, you didn't pay anything, let's be honest. Well, you know, you caught me. No, there is one model in that army I painted, but uh, yeah. But you had a painted army. I did have a painted You had a army. fully assembled painted army. Wait, there were unassembled models for the narrative? Yeah, yeah, it was just... it was Knights with no shoulder pads. And no weapon. <laughs> they fit through doorways easier. Yep, that's true. Uh, but all joking aside, uh, you know, we approached the the event a little bit differently last year, thinking that it was what we would consider a narrative event, and it is an extremely well-run event, so I am looking forward to it this year. I will just bring more of my collection so I make sure that I have an enjoyable game with all my opponents. Uh, also, too, during the mission and game selections, I'll be a lot more vocal with my Warlord. Um, to make sure that I have a, a favorable matchup, not to win, but to just enjoy myself. So I am looking forward to engaging in that again. And there were, was some rumors that they may be changing the format of that narrative, although I haven't uh, seen that come to fruition. But uh, I am looking forward to that, and I believe, Danny, you may be joining me in that event this year. Yeah, I think we're looking at maybe some uh, hashtag Blue Thunder coming to a narrative table towards you. Little Imperial Fists and Ultramarines coming at you, baby. Uh, Crimson Fists. Why that Imperial Fist is yellow. Why you got to oh, ruin it? Sorry, a colorblind man. Don't rub it in. <laughs> no, but definitely uh, Imperial. <laughs> yeah, no, we're definitely. I'm excited. Uh, 40k is my baby, so I'm looking forward to it. Although uh, I'm thinking about maybe not putting any shoulder pads on my Marines. Maybe it'll help me give an advantage. Yeah, but then your saves go d- down, so you have to <sighs> save four or five. Got me. All right, got back to the drawing board. 
But yeah, no, that's uh, one of the big events I was looking forward to when I looked at that insane schedule. Uh, so these guys here, they are Nova Open uh, veterans. I am a Nova Open virgin. And so I opened up that Excel sheet and I don't know what I was looking at. It looked like a DNA test. There was like a million colors and strands and like I had to like by reference everything. But uh, I think I know what days the narrative events are. Uh, I'm excited to find out the details of it because right now nothing uh, is really out about the 40K stuff, you know, points wise or uh, anything beyond that. But as a new Nova person, that schedule can be kind of intimidating, but you just got to kind of dig through and uh, find your color which is, you know, whatever event you're looking for. If you're looking for 40K narrative, I think it was like a nice maroon color. Find that yeah. baby. Not Just that Danny because he's colorblind. Uh, it's yellow, right? Everything's yellow. Yeah. Correct. Uh, you know, the, that is a great point for those new uh, travelers to Nova. The schedule can be extremely intimidating. I always found it best that if you can some way find the web cart, because until the web cart goes live, it's kind of, there isn't a direct link to it. Um, but you can typically search on, you know, like the Shades Buyer event. Uh, but if you get into the web cart, um, you can actually sort by the venues. So like 30K, 40K, Age of Sigmar, all, all that. And just read the event, the time, the price. Um, that made it a little bit easier for me. And then I just kind of jotted down what events that I'm, you know, looking forward to. For example, like I wanted to try Kill Team. But Kill Team runs into Sunday if, you know, if I played well. Not that I would because I'm not very good at the game. But uh, the championships run into Sunday, which knocks it out of contention for me because of uh, Underworlds. But if you find that web cart, you can just pick the game that you're interested in. And then it has all the events, the prices, the times. Jot that down and then go back to reference the schedule. Really helps with the seminars. Uh, Nova Open has some of the best seminars. People come in from all over. Uh, you know, last year we took a, a class with Duncan. It was a great time to to meet a 40k uh, GW personality, and uh, it really helps. So look for that web cart, narrow the the events down, and then cross reference it with the schedule. We'll just post it on the Facebook page, and that way people can find it if they need to. Um, you can just check it out at Facebook. Um, our Battle Mallet Facebook page, and the, the link will be there for you to go to the Nova, Nova Open web card. And enjoy the colors. <laughs> yeah, so uh, another event that I am considering is, we talked about it in our pilot episode, or episode zero, it was Adeptus Titanicus. Uh, although I don't own models yet, uh, this is a Saturday event, so I would have to do some juggling, but... Uh, it, it seems like a non-formal type narrative event, which is just one huge big battle, although there is no uh, packet currently, uh, but just the description looks kind of fun, and it may be a, a cool way to just jump in and see if I like the game, right? Like, just walk by um, or, you know, purchase some models and, and join in. <laughs> Trace, are you going to twist my arm to do that? Uh, I'm, I might be doing that, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> leave them hanging yeah right uh just just let that excitement build over the schedule so those are the three events that i'm really looking forward to at this point uh still some seminars on my on my wish list i don't know how i'm going to fit it all in because the other uh, piece of advice i'll give the first time nova or just any convention travelers is don't book your days full um there is so much to do and it is often relaxing just to spend the time uh, with your friends there and just be in that moment, especially for us that have the young children and the families and the jobs and busy life schedules. Uh, one of the greatest things last year was just uh, kicking back and relaxing, sitting around, having dinner, having breakfast, whatever it may be, and not being on a schedule or uh, drinking for charity because that's a thing. Drinking oh, hell for yes. charity. Nobody told me that. That's yes. the first thing I'm signing up for. Dude, it's all weekend. Sweet. Did I play in Flip Cup? Because it's game over. It's all weekend, and they may have ran out of Jack Daniels because of some people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, the seminar. CK Studios is it's kind of top of my list with uh, Caleb and and Justin from another podcast. Uh, definitely trying to fit that in or one of their seminars so I can get my skills up on airbrushing. 
Um, but that's what I'm most excited about with the Nova open schedule. Uh, Trace, what are you looking forward to? Man, you know, I'm looking forward to a lot of the same things that you are actually, um, you know, par for the course based off of the fact that we went together last year and we, you know, kind of got to experience it um, all together for the first time. Um, but we had an absolutely fantastic time at Nova last year. And like you said, we, uh, we might've imbibed a little bit for, uh, for charity, um, in between for events, charity. it was all for charity. Um, but yeah, so like you said, the, the event schedule is definitely intimidating. Um, and like I said, just a few minutes ago, I'll actually put the, the Nova open web cart link in the and on the Facebook page so people can find it pretty easy if they follow us. But we'll, what we'll do, what I'm looking forward to the most is obviously the same thing that we're all kind of excited about, which is the Underworlds, um, the Underworlds tournament. Um, it spans five days, I think, isn't it five? Um, it's four days. Four. Four days this time. Um, so four days, starts on Thursday, ends on Sunday. You know, the first few rounds are, are seating rounds, and then we end up in our in our buckets on Sunday and we just kind of try and win those buckets at that point. But, um, so that's what I'm most excited about. I'm probably going to end up taking, everybody's going to boo me for this, but Molog's mob for that. Um, boo. Right. Um, the big, the troll is going to take the troll. But if um, everybody starts to build towards anti Molog, then I'll probably bring some tech. Other Don't run, you baby. Just bring it. Bring the um, big stick. Well, FDR said that, right? The, <laughs> I know it's not FDR. I'm making a joke, people. Well, you, you know, I do speak softly. Um, carry a big troll. Yeah, but I'll carry my big troll, who actually has a relatively big stick on his model, so I'll hopefully Hey-o. be crushing some people with it. But if I've also had my eye on the dwarves, too, when they come out, the, the Sky Pirates. So... If everybody starts to shift towards Molog, then I may bring the pirates too, um, just to change it up. And I may decide when I get there what I'm going to do. Um, but I'm going to get some games in with either one just to try and have some experience on both ends. Um, other than that, I'm probably I'm really looking forward to the Age of Sigmar and doubles, the the uh, doubles tournament. It seems like it. I mean, I had a ball playing it last year. I actually played with a buddy of mine, Matt, um, and we played Double Death. And I played Night Haunt, and he played um, Legions in the Gash, Legion of Sacrament. No, yeah, Legions of Sacrament. I think. Last can year. I just say those armies? I mean, they're gorgeous. Talking they're about an, gorgeous. yeah, talking about an experience being your first major con and walking into that hall and seeing the Age of Sigmar double tournament armies. Wow. Like if you weren't an Age of Sigmar fan, instantly you are now. changed. You are now. Um, yeah, the the thing that I've always loved about the the Age of Sigmar community as a whole is that their their hobby level is always head and shoulders above pretty much I'm not gonna say every other game, but most other games. Um those guys, you know, a lot of those guys come from old school fantasy eighth edition or before. Most of them are way before. And when you went to a tournament, a fantasy tournament a long time ago, you had to have your stuff painted and it had to have character and you had to have it well done or you weren't going to score. Because, you know, hobby scores were were tied to um, your success in that game. So um, that's a long time ago, but definitely the Age of Sigmar narrative. Don't really know, or not the narrative, but the doubles tournament. Um, I'm just really looking forward to that. I don't know what we may take yet, but... Um, we're looking at order or potentially double dipping into chaos. Um, I've got a wealth of chaos models that we could dip into and play a doubles game, just divide up my own collection and have it painted really well. Um, and are you, at that. are you thinking about playing with Matt again or you and Jared were talking about it? Well, so that's kind of up in the air. You know, Jared talked about doing it, but I, I he's expressed a lot of interest, um, Matt's also said that he's coming back this year, but I know he's trying to do a doubles event somewhere. So it'll really just depend on what kind of goes down, um, where everybody's kind of looking to go and play. I know that Jared's really excited about playing in the doubles, and I would love to do that with him um, since we've kind of talked about it from the get-go. But then also, 
So that's on Friday. So that the Age of Sigmar doubles is on Friday, and that's an all-day event. And then we would have a little break, and then we would play Shadespire for an hour and a half at night. And then the next day, the thing that I'm like I'm interested in doing the Age of Sigma or the the 40k narrative as well, but to Jason's point, which we talked about just a second ago, that Adeptus Titanicus event has me really intrigued. Um, those models are really cool, and it looks like that's going to be a kind of a fun event. Um, and it's funny that you use the word formal, Jason, because there actually is a little bit of a packet in the heresy stuff, and it talks about it being aformal. So you're supposed to dress up and play your Titanicus games. Um, as in, I got to put on a suit coat? As in, you can dress up in however you want. So it could be as a princeps, or it could be in your tuxedo, or it could be in your gym shorts. It doesn't really matter. All I know is that it says, come, dress up, and play some Adeptus Titanicus. So, um, Time to suit fun- up. It was funny that you used that verbiage, because that's exactly the verbiage that they used in the, in the Titanicus packet, because there is a little bit of one. Um, it looks like the points levels for that are 1,500, 2,000, and 2,500. Um, since we're kind of new to that game i'm not really sure how many models that would be but it would it's something that we're definitely exploring as a as an option on saturday um last year i kind of stretched myself a little thin on friday and i think my my play in underworlds on friday night kind of suffered from that um potentially a little bit of bad decision making coupled with some hot with some not hot dice um kind of flopped me for the next day but um, I just think that those those three events are the ones that I'm most excited about. And then obviously on Sunday, the the Age of Sigmar, or not the Age of Sigmar, but the um, the Underworlds finals are on Sunday, and that's right before we end up going home. So those are that's my plans for the uh, that's my plans for this year. And let me see here. I just Here's you know the 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 AT you talking about it. I'm so close to to jumping in, and the fact that I now get to dress up, and I could totally get Danny in some chainmail and make him yep. my like. Danny you know. will wear an eye patch and do all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> I thought I wasn't gonna wear anything, so this is dressing me up <laughs> big time. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so fit from my wedding after that too. It's be two Ooh. months later. I'm gonna be shredded, yo. Wait. Danny will be that jacked princeps sitting over there across the table from me. Um, no, guys, guys, guys! I'm gonna be a prince, seps. I'm gonna be like purple rain prince, but a princeps. As long Love as you it. put some of that cyborg tech on, I'll buy it. Doing it. Oh, you know, and you can just sit there and roll my dice for him. I don't even have to do anything. Like push my models, roll my dice. You I will please. totally get into the the geek role play. Just say be please. just be Danny's servitor. I mean, servitor is the best role in any 40k universe. Anyway, like you just have to sit there and do your one job. Everything could fall apart behind you and doesn't matter. Just until you go into a mind block and can't. I move. live in this. I, this is my box. This is where my box. This is what I'm responsible for. I move this box and I'm happy. Like that's all that matters. That's all you need. Yep. But that's great. I mean, those are some wonderful events. And, you know, Jared, what did you think about the Age of Sigmar doubles for, for Nova? Yeah. So, I mean, Trace's description of it last year really got me interested. It sounded like he had a lot of fun. And I think we would run into a lot of former fantasy players and I can't think of a single game that I played against another seasoned fantasy player. That wasn't fun. I think there was something about that game, uh, the way that it was played that really made it uh, competitive, but still amiable, Um, still a fun time to be had by everyone involved. So I, I was thinking about that and I've started this uh, Stormcast Eternal army, uh, and and I'm excited about it. You know, the Vanguard Chamber. Uh, I've really enjoyed painting those models and putting them together, and I'm looking forward to growing that force. But Trace has mentioned his vast collection of Chaos Marines, and, and something that I'm thinking about as we try to balance gaming and we try to balance life, if we're, if we're going to go for the best experience that we can have, but Trace really, work. 
Well, yeah. Well, so let Trace do the work and have built and painted all the models, number one. And it'll give us more flexibility, I think, is what you're getting at. Um, well, and and the other thing is that if we're going to go and we're going to compete in a competitive event, why wouldn't we take advantage of the most competitive options that we can? Yep. And I have most of those for for one grand alliance the others i would have to like build into which is not really a big deal um because i ultimately like if we end up being partners that's what i want i want us for us to have as best of experience as we can um and that's kind of what matt and i did last year so matt and i kind of we list built across a couple weeks and trying to figure try to figure out what would be best and um, when the, when the, uh, night haunt stuff dropped, I was like, oh, this is a perfect compliment to your death that you have. And so that's when we started really list building. And I think, um, like you said, like we have the option to either craft something around what you're strong at, or we have the option to take things that I already own and craft, a, a, a an army that we both agree on that we think will actually be competitive and we can actually win. You know, so didn't mean to interrupt you there. So keep going. One of the coolest things that we got to experience last year was the Warhammer community preview. And I think that's something that that I would be interested in going to again, only because we've got uh, a a different experience than what you read on the community page. So uh, there are often questions asked during those those preview events that you know, that aren't, aren't written up in the article. And the, there's typically a Q&A session after they get through all the preview material. So you can get some tidbits there. And I, I'd definitely be interested in attending that again. And then there was something on the schedule that uh, I didn't remember seeing last year, and it may have been just in the excitement of missing it. But uh, there's a session after the community preview uh, that's a 40K playtesting seminar. So I don't know if that's how do you get involved in the playtesting groups that exist? Or this is how we do our playtesting. I have no idea what it's about. Uh, but it's another thing that's on Wednesday night when typically nothing else is happening that, uh, that I'd be interested in checking out. So that's the start. Uh, like you guys, I'm definitely signing up for the, for the Underworlds Grand Clash. Currently playing Farstriders, but the Sylvaneth Warband that they recently announced, the models are gorgeous. Yeah, they are. And and I'm interested to see kind of what their stat lines are, their play style. Uh, I feel like they're going to be uh, something that lines up with the way that I play. So I'll be interested to see kind of how that shakes out there. And then, you know, for the rest of the event, there's the Age of Sigmar doubles that I'm interested in. I think going in with the right mindset for the 40K narrative could be fun, where I bring a larger collection. Uh, instead of bringing, I think I, I brought total maybe 1800 points worth of gray knights which are you know as we have all discussed extremely overpowered and, and bring a, a negative play experience for whoever your opponent is <laughs> yeah you didn't, bring any, knights. you didn't bring any of those easy units either the dread knights you didn't bring any of those so None of i mean them. you weren't you weren't thinking of your opponent at all right yeah so yeah i mean i, would, I, you know, I went i went with the hardcore gray knight terminators and a gray knight librarian i mean it was I every opponent I'm sure like totally marked me down for you know worst play experience, so but going into that you, you know I have Tiernan now and and I think I have a large enough connect collection that I can get painted or not painted or not assembled, whatever it <laughs> might be. Trace will do it. No, I won't. Not this year. <laughs> How am I going to play AT if Trace is doing all this other stuff for you guys? Come on. Right. I don't know. I don't know. You got to figure that out. So so the 40k narrative I think would be fun. Uh, and it would be something that I could dip in and out of, right? So, so play a couple of, of the matches here, a couple of the matches there. And then I think there are some, some sessions that I'm interested in. So uh, Jason had mentioned the CK Studios. So um, Caleb and, and Justin. So Justin Kiefer uh, is a, a, a personality that's on a couple of other podcasts, The Independent Characters, which is 40K-focused, and Lords and Heroes, which is uh, Age of Sigmar+. Plus. Uh, and he uh, had mentioned on a post on the Lords and Heroes community page that he might be doing a sculpting with green stuff session at the Nova Open. Uh, and that's not something I've ever really looked into sculpting, but it sounds like it would be uh, 
something that I would be interested in adding to my hobby skills. Thursday during the day is typically open, so might be joining. We might be joining you in that actually. So yeah, so Underworlds, Age of Sigmar doubles could be fun. 40k narrative, you know, doing something there, and then you know, attending sessions as I can. So what about you, Danny? What are you looking at? Uh, well, hashtag blue with thunder, uh, hashtag blue and yellow thunder, whichever one Jason decides, you know, he can't decide his army these days, so it's not my fault. Uh, but definitely looking into that um, for the 40K narrative. Like we talked about in episode zero, uh, a narrative summer event is one of the things that got me into this hobby. So the idea of going and playing in a long narrative campaign that fuels across a weekend, like that's in my honey pot. I'm looking for that hard. Um, I'm also really, really highly considering uh, playing in the Lord of the Rings uh, doubles event with uh, the gamer formerly known as Jimmy. And uh, he likes to go by James now these days. Um, because, uh, A, I freaking love Lord of the Rings. I try to read it every year. Uh, I've got a tattoo. I visited Tolkien's grave. I'm all in that. I'm nerdy as can be. Uh, so an excuse to create a Lord of the Rings miniature collection is like just marrying two of my favorite nerdy things. And so that's really all the push I need. But also the new rule set is pretty intriguing. Uh, I've been kind of slowly perusing it. Don't ask me how to play it because... I couldn't teach you, but right now uh, it really has me intrigued uh, with the hero system and that it's kind of a neat uh, overlap of passive and active powers and all the armies seem to have pretty unique and finely tuned play styles, which is exciting. Uh, so that's something I'm looking at. And then I'm really like outside of the 40K world. Uh, I didn't get to, or the Games Workshop world, I didn't get to really look at uh uh, everything in detail, but uh, I am pretty much the only person on this podcast and maybe even the only person on the Eastern Seaboard that is not particularly interested in playing in the Shadespire event um, because I play one warband. It is the Reckless Ass Murder Skaven, and uh, they're Which fun. They're making a comeback, by the way. That's not my concern. <laughs> like, I, that's fine. Uh, the game is fine. I don't have anything against it. It's just not one that captures my imagination. It is a finely tuned game of tactics and wit in the uh, Age of Sigmar setting. It is blissfully great, but it's just not the kind of game that I get turned on by. Uh, so in lieu of that, I was actually thinking about trying to hit up some of the, uh, the board game demonstrations that they've got going on. Uh, I love board games. I love the bleeding edge of new board games uh, and the idea of being able to go and check out some of these new ones from across the hobby is really exciting to me. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff happening on, uh, on that front, like roll and write games are freaking awesome right now. Um, and so I'm hoping there's some cool stuff like that. My fiance and I are obsessed with a deck building game that is excellent. So maybe uh, if I'm lucky, there'll be some uh, legendary encounters going on there. Uh, and then, of course, a studio preview, because come on, who doesn't want to see the new stuff first? If you don't Instagram it, did it even happen? Come on, guys. <laughs> this is the future, and we get to live it. So you know, true. Danny, you bring up two wonderful points and you know actually you kind of get me juiced up again for the narrative i mean that is kind of your bag of tricks and you know the narrative for as much as we're making jokes like it was an enjoyable experience but they have a warlord package where like you can you actually get ingrained into the lore and you make um tactical decisions on the layout of, of the battlefields um so that you know with you not being in underworlds or you know, on the fence, you might want to look at that too. And like that way, if you're totally enriched into that atmosphere and we, uh, as a group have someone we can go to that we feel more connected with the situation, I think we might just all be hooked. I, I think we really, you know, we need to explore that conversation further, um, going forward. I, that's, that's awesome in the, you know, the board games. Yeah. It's another, it's another great thing, um, going on there at the Nova open, uh, last but not least, uh, I did want to mention one thing with Jared. You mentioned the the seminar after the preview event. Yeah, totally looking forward to that. Like one, it fills up our Wednesday night, which is kind of open as it is. And two, wow, if we can really like ask non-recorded, off-the-cuff questions of some of the playtesters and see a peek behind the tent, uh, 
totally, totally cool. Really looking forward to that as well. So a lot of stuff going on with the Nova Open as the schedule approaches. You know, our deadline to, to register is only about 13 days away or something like that. So we got to make some hard decisions getting that web card early to get our tickets uh, so we can really start this this season uh, with our hobby goals and, and getting all that stuff done. Uh, but the rest of Hot Dice uh, for today, we have some new products coming out that we just wanted to touch on uh, for GW that I think we're all, all really, really excited about. You know, in the pilot episode, we've referenced one of the best beer and pretzels game, going back to Danny, uh, talking about a board game, but Gore Chosen. And this week at the, the Toy Fair in New York City, GW announced a game called Combat Arena that looks like the 40K Gore Chosen, right? Am I, am it's got to be. It's uh, got to be. Yes, it has to be. And like it's got the same tokens, the same cards, the same, the same stat cards, everything. Yeah. yeah, the board is the same size. It's the exact same layout. Yep. I, I saw pits in there. So whoever can push somebody in a pit, that's my model. <laughs> hey, I told you I want the one legged chick. That's that's my baby. Oh, she's serious. She, you, know, you you are the pirate, so that's true. And I'm the <laughs> the son of a pirate woman, apparently. Yeah, we so. don't have to talk about your mom on this on this podcast, Danny. It's okay. She wouldn't mind. I know, but still. Uh, don't be jealous. You know, it's cool. The another great feature of that game that I think is kind of lost, you know, because the internet can be a, a fickle place, especially for those 40K players where they focus on new content for 40K, which is constantly pumping out. But this is kind of more of that beer and pretzels. Maybe they'll launch it through Barnes & Noble. Not quite sure there, but this is an introductory game. And what I'm really excited about over eating some pretzels and drinking beer and pushing people in pits is those models appear to be making um, an appearance in Blackstone Fortress. And we're all about some Blackstone Fortress. So... Danny's all about the pirate woman. Uh, Jared, what character out of that do you think is going to translate really well into Blackstone Fortress for you? Oh, definitely the Crusader. Um, I've been, uh, you know, wrapped up in the Inquisition uh, almost as long as I've played 40K. Uh, and, I, you know, had some Crusader models in my Inquisitor retinue uh, going back as far as the, uh, the the Demon Hunters Codex. So, and, the, and then into the transition... Uh, into the fifth edition Grey Knights Codex again, you know that that inquisitorial retinue. So uh, there's just something about you know the the giant letter I across a power shield that uh, that really strikes me. So th- that's it for me. It's, it's that Crusader, hands down. How many legs does he have though? Uh, two. Ooh. Sadly, sadly, <laughs> sadly, two complete legs. I mean. Yeah, I think out of the whole range, that is the best model that's coming out, just from from my opinion. And, you know, Danny, it seems that this is your genre. How do you think they're going to tie the characters into Blackstone Fortress? Like, they're just going to appear? Well, like, what do you think the narrative is going to be? <laughs> well, I mean, the the whole uh, in the the whole narrative of Blackstone Fortress is all about this kind of like null zone in uh, the Milky Way galaxy that has apparently existed for the entire history of 40K. But they've never written about it. Uh, and now that this Blackstone Fortress has appeared, people are having access to this area of space. Uh, and I think it'll probably be something along the lines of with the, the Cicatrix Maledictum splitting the galaxy in half that they're going to be, you know, Imperial agents. Because they all appear to be Imperial agents. There's a Psyker, a... Um, a Servitor, a... Tech Priest. A Tech Priest, yeah. Like, there's... It's all... Imperial agents. So I think it's probably going to be something along the lines of them trying to hunt down resources, archaeotech to help uh, you know, dissipate this this huge warp storm uh, would be my guess. Yeah, they're just going to be flocking to this place. Uh, there's going to have to be a new bad guy, you would think, because uh, if they just plunk new characters into the base game, I don't think that's going to be particularly exciting. So maybe uh, some new mobs, hopefully a new boss, maybe some new tiles. But uh they they hint a lot at their uh, like the base game for those who haven't played it. It's all about getting to this one, uh, like stronghold. And in the fluff, they talk about being many strongholds, and that the Blackstone Fortress is is directly guiding all of the figures to where the Blackstone Fortress wants those figures to be. So they could really go any direction with it. But I'm I'm excited. The models are flipping gorgeous, and uh, they have been from the start. Every single model in this thing is great. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's funny you talk about villains, right? Like the 
this week or today, oh, it was yesterday, I'm sorry, as we're recording on Sunday, uh, there is a new Praetor going up for a villain for Blackstone Fortress, the dreaded Anbull. What what do we got to say about that, my friend? Like, maybe these characters are to fight that guy? I mean, I don't know. I mean, the, the dreaded Anbull, I mean, so I got a question, because we haven't got a, a chance to talk about this. Do any of you guys remember the old Anbull model? Because I don't. I have no idea. No. Nope. It's a big, bad, bad thing that I just want to shoot in the face. It's awful. Yeah, he's got big old tiefers. Um, but, uh, yeah, apparently it's, it's this figure that has been uh, in since Rogue Trader. He's a big, hulking beastie. He's got 16 wounds, moves three, so he's going to be in your face in a hurry. Um, he also regenerates wounds. I, I think this is going to be actually really standalone. I don't think these two expansions will uh, have anything to do with each other because this seems to be basically like almost like a, a murder arena like just find this big beast and take him out uh hunt him down and see if you can survive and i have no idea how we're going to tackle this thing because 16 wounds it's 16 bleeping wounds and he also family show jason <laughs> he also uh so like huge monsters only come back on a roll of one uh, he comes back on a one, two, or three at full health, and when he damages you, it automatically applies another wound. So anytime he hits one regular wound or grievous wound, tack on another wound. Oh, like grievous plus one, or just yep. plus one plus one? Regular, so like one plus one or grievous plus one. Anytime he does a wound, put oh, two of those so squares gross. on your card. That's so and gross. he's attacking on two d8s. My. Lord, Fatty Daddy Taddy is going to have his work cut out, <laughs> keeping you guys alive. I'm looking forward my, to it. Uh, it's going to be stressful. I think we're going to fail. I'm not going to lie. You're going to need my my force shield. Like whoa. Yes. Yes. Well, cool. Like really looking forward to the them expanding that, and I think that this will tie in nicely to kind of what we have going on. Um, so can't wait for that that combat arena to come out and. We do have to get our pre-order in tomorrow for uh, the expansion. Uh, but also the the toy show, something that was announced that's near to dear to most of our hearts, is another, I won't call it an expansion, but a gateway into Warhammer Underworlds uh, called Dreadfane. Uh, some fantastic models in here. Um, but And I'm really looking for this. It's supposed to be like a simplified version of Underworlds, but at the same time adding a new mechanic um, with environmental type damage, I believe. Um, I didn't read it all. Trace, did you? Did you read the whole article? I didn't. I didn't read the whole article for that one. But um, What were the I factions? So the factions in that were actually, it's more Stormcasts and it's also, it's the Sequiturs. So the easy to build sequiturs, and it's also the easy to build um, Mirmorn banshees from the Nighthaunt faction. So just knowing a little bit about both of those factions, since I've dabbled a little bit in both of those, um, sequiturs are a really really hard unit. You know they they have some pretty unique abilities that they can channel into either their weapons or their shields in Age of Sigmar, so they can kind of get re-rolls to hit or re-rolls to, to their armor saves. Oh, talk about um, a cool play mechanic. That's, I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping that they can actually kind of capture a little bit of that in the in the game. Um, I don't I don't know that they'll be able to do it as successfully as they did in, in Age of Sigmar, but I do know that the Mirmorn Banshees, the Mirmorn Banshees are actually an excellent unit for the the night haunt faction in age of sigmar as well they um they can dispel spells even though they're not really a wizard and if they do so they can actually add damage to their weapons if they do so so i'm hoping that that kind of carries over since we've been so wizard heavy in this expansion so i'm hoping that they have like a natural um a natural dispel on their on their cards so that if they dispel they'll actually inspire that's kind of my early my early assessment of how they'll how they'll inspire, um, and if they do so, that hopefully their damage will go up on their on their um, fighter card. That um, is that's so cool. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a really interesting way for them to tie some anti wizard mechanics into into this very wizard heavy expansion. Yeah, that I you know I didn't know anything about those units, but yeah, I think you're I think you're close uh, 
to nailing it. And can I just say that female model for the Stormcast Sequiturs is my favorite model that has come out. Uh, it's a model that I want to paint up and give to my uh, almost five-year-old daughter. So even though I don't play Stormcast Eternals in uh, Underworlds, this may be the one where I jump over and conform <laughs> like all the other top players. But wow, I I think this is great what GW is doing. They're, they're getting a little push pushback from the hardcore community on making these easy entry games but this is exactly what we need to grow and bring the younger generations in this is bringing for us underworlds to a straight board game type of of product that can be marketed to to everybody um but staying on that underworld's theme before you go i want you guys to hold on to your butts because i'm genuinely excited about this underworld's release oh my goodness and I'm not what? being facetious. Like I'm seriously excited about it because I am genuinely curious to see how they quote unquote simplify this game and make it an approachable game. Because I don't think I think it's a it's a deceiving game that when you buy that first box, you're like, yeah, okay, I kind of understand this. But then the moment you go to an event, you're thrown into a deep end of like 24 different uh, ma. Uh, um, war bands with hundreds of card options, and it is a difficult game to wrap your head around in my opinion that looks like it is a much easier game to wrap your head around and so if they can master that and put this in a box where people can get in it open it up read through a simple rule book and teach it to their friends that'll be an achievement that i'm really excited about i'm glad you said that danny because like it is one of the things that we jared myself and and jason all love about this game is that at its surface it's very easy to learn but there's so much depth to the game with like learning how to place boards and learning how to efficiently use your units and also learning how to build a deck efficiently for what your units are. It's it's a very tactically deep and rewarding system. And so, you know, you'll hear us talk about this system a lot just because we've all fell in love with it. And, you know, as a, a former fantasy, like old school fantasy player, I crave that tactical depth. Um, and this provides it in a way that wasn't really previously accessible. Um, but what I do think, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, what I do remember seeing in, in the in the entry for this game is I think we're actually going to see kind of a test bed for scenario play, too. Where yeah. you actually have scenario cards, and you may have another element that you may have to balance. So that could, while it may simplify for this particular board game, it may add another layer of complexity to the actual overall Shadespire, Shadespire meta. So um, I'll tell you what, screw the meta, like give me events, give me yep. like a narrative way to play that game and I will play it. Yep. Yeah. I think I, that's an exciting Avenue. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, Underworlds was always marketed as the most competitive right. game that they put out, right? So I think that, that you're right. I mean, this is probably the shift back. And I also do remember reading somewhere, although I can't confirm that that note now or where I saw it, but that this game will have all of the the current warbands kind of be able to partake into it, where these two warbands will come into full Underworlds. Our other warbands will be able to slide into this game to, to set up that scenario play. So, great. Most... Most likely what will happen is they'll they'll just restrict it to faction-only cards if I had to kind of take a stab at it. Predetermined so, decks or something. Yeah, so like you'll have, you know, each warband that you purchase has a specific set of faction-specific cards, and I think that what will happen is in that game you'll be limited to just those faction-specific cards if I have to take like a just stab at it. Um, but those warbands coming into the overall Shadespire bigger picture could definitely shake stuff up because those are two warbands that we didn't anticipate having you know um and they have very different mechanics that we, well, didn't we don't anticipate know what their mechanics seeing. are no but I, I do think i do think that just what i've liked about the way that they've approached shadespire is or more underworlds or night vault whatever title we want to give it um what i appreciate about that game is that they've really made each warband feel like they do in age of sigmar like the uh, the corn war bands all feel very aggressive hyper aggressive at their own cost right um all the stormcast eternals war bands feel 
protective and you know, almost on a defensive front, but they can also hit you in the teeth if they need to. So I think that they'll continue that with with the night haunt stuff and and also the more um, defensive defensively minded sequiturs. So, but I'm excited about it, just like you are. Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, if I can get that board in my full game, that'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So, because I always love uh, different options with boards. Uh, and then that leads us into the last thing that kind of happenings going around this week was uh, today they announced two new boards uh, for Underworlds. Uh, it's really one board and, you know, double-sided. Uh, and last time the board that came out in the in a pack kind of flopped. Uh, this one looks really interesting. Like they put some thought into placements and in, in, in the hexes. Uh, so I'm interested to see how it plays. Now I know when I want to go to board selection, there is one person in the group that, that is pretty good at that. Jared, uh, you have some thoughts on, have you got a chance to look at these deployment hexes or anything like that? Yeah, no, I've looked it over. So I want to say maybe I'm not the best person to choose to talk about board selection only because I opted to use one of the damage boards that was released. (laughs) Um, at the Nova Grand Clash last year, it may or may not have been because I was playing Orcs and that you can charge through damage hexes and inspire before you go attack. Uh, and that, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but no, I mean, so they look cool. So um, I'm going to hit, I'm going to, I'm going to sit here right now and I'm going to describe them to you visually over the podcast. Cause I think that's going to be the perfect way to uh, really convey <laughs> how these boards work. You know, so, we're professionals at radio, right? Yeah. Um, faces for it too. So, so there's there's two sides, and um, they call this out in the article, and and we'll put the link in there too. But um, so one side has three hexes, three starting hexes that are together, and that's not something that we've seen before. And so there are options, you know, there there are a lot of things that you can do there. So uh, the article itself calls out putting, you know, the the defensive minded warbands together. So like Steelheart's Champions, uh, something that I've seen pop up in the various uh, communities, you know, that I participate in. Is uh, it's a great board for the goblins because you're going to be able to move one yep. guy and then scurry two more, yep. um, uh, which is just you know, crazy. And you know, I just am now thinking about this. So you put Drizgit with his two squigs adjacent and then two more goblins. So now you have moved five models with one action, five models. Yep. Um, so you uh, score immediately. Well, it's not a score immediately. Mad scurry. Mad but you scurry. get mad scurry off of one activation. Yep. Uh, and Trace, mad scurry is two glory. Two glory. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So so there's that. And then the other board is uh, it's got three damage hex grouped together in a triangle. Um, so the first time we've seen that. It is. And uh, one of the things that I, you know, uh, that I look at is it, they're on one side of the board. So one one end of the board. So you could longboard somebody and kind of force your opponents to go through a funnel. And the other option there is that you you set them up. Uh, and I can't remember the official name for it because I haven't read that wife. Always. Well, so that's no, it's long. The official is long. Long. Okay, so that's long. And then the other one where you place them off kilter. That's uh, diagonal deployment. Okay. Yeah. So you do diagonal with them in hexes, and so now you're bottlenecking even further because you've got this giant cluster of damage hexes. Yeah. The diagonal. So, that's what's got me. My interest yeah. peaked right there. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, with the the way that I play the far striders currently, uh, I do a little bit of control, and and I'm aggressive when I need to be. Uh, so, you know, people are always like bottlenecking far striders because they don't want us to inspire. So they're like, oh, well, I'll just make the pathway smaller. And I'm like, that's fine by me. I'll just hang out back here and score my passive glory. So before we get too far into the weeds of uh, <laughs> turning this into a, a completely underworld Shades, Shadespire Night Vault podcast and Danny falls asleep on us. Wait, uh, what, what? What? Yeah, exactly. So, um, still recording. So. <laughs> So yeah, no, I think they look cool, and and I actually uh, another moment of confession here is I actually did not purchase the damage boards last year. I borrowed Jason's uh, because I thought that they were hot garbage until I realized that I could charge my orcs through them. So uh, oh thanks gosh. again, Jason. Uh, that's why I let you win. Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. The top eight last year because uh, you let me borrow my boards. So no, but they look good, and I'm excited about them, and I'll I'll be interested to see kind of how they play out with the different warbands. Yeah, a lot a lot of new uh, tactics I think can come from from that one board in particular with diagonal, and uh, very very interested to see how that that his uh, wraps up. So um, with that, 
There was one more just little caveat piece going back to that that toy fair. Um, can I just tell you that that Funko Pop Dark Angels veteran needs to be on my shelf right now? Yo, uh, yeah, the Ultraman ones should have been on my desk yesterday. <laughs> if they made Trader Marines, I would buy one. Give it time. Well, good. They like, did make Trader Marines. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh you. Yeah. Oh, God bless. I was trying. See, I was trying to segue out of that, so I didn't get the jab right in my side. Um, but that's okay. So, like we said, a ton going on uh, in Hot Dice this week with the Nova Open schedule and a, a myriad of different releases coming up from our wonderful GW. So, super, super exciting items. Uh, but with that, we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we'll come back with Tabletop Muster. Hi, welcome back. Uh, let's do this Tabletop Muster. So, uh, yeah, so what we're going to do uh, this time is we'll talk a little bit about what our Hobby 2019 goals are, whether that's for the quarter, for the month, uh, for the whole year. And then we'll just give a, a brief blurb about what we've been up to uh, since the beginning of the year. So 2019 for me, trying to break it down into quarters. Uh, my first goal is I got a start collecting Vanguard Hunters box for Christmas. So I, I definitely want to finish that before the end of the quarter of 2019. I'm on track probably to finish it by the end of February. And the reason I'm pushing this so hard is I, I've made the commitment for my Stormcast Eternal Army to only buy new models once everything that I own is painted. Now, I might be able to get around that because Games Workshop produced that sweet uh, Vanguard Hunter battle box a couple years ago. So I might be able to pick up one of those. I think it's out of production, but I might be able to find it on Amazon. So I'll, I'll paint a few models and then be able to buy a bunch of models from a single box, which still counts, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then get, get all painted. So... You don't um, have a problem, not at all. No, yeah, no, not at all. Totally healthy. Yeah, 100%. Not an addiction. Definitely not. So so that's on the Age of Sigmar side. Uh, we split the Blackstone Fortress box. So uh, I would like to finish you know, my portion of that. Definitely by the end of Q2 2019. Uh, and then uh, for... Underworlds, whatever warband I settle on for Nova. I want to get that painted before Nova. And then for 40k, I've got a thousand points of Tyranid painted, and I, I'd like to get to where uh, I have probably 2,000, 2,500 points painted uh, somewhere between the end of quarter one and quarter two uh, of 2019, and then we'll go from there. But of course, there may be new releases, then then everything gets thrown off. So everything I've said doesn't matter anymore. So what I've been working on since the beginning of this year is that start collecting box and Blackstone Fortress. So I'm very, very close to having that start collecting box minus the three Griffhounds finished. So that's five Vanguard Hunters, three Vanguard Paladors, and a Lord Aqualore. And I actually, uh, there's an album on our Facebook page that has my progress with some dates. So you guys can keep along, keep up with what I've been doing. And then for Blackstone Fortress, uh, I finished the four Negavolt Cultists that I grabbed, and I finished Ayat Grek. I am Kroot. <laughs> so uh, what I've got left there is um, uh, the the Rattlings, and I, Rain and Rouse, I believe, are their names. Yep. And I have the Beastmen. So, uh, Unleash so, the Beast. Unleash the Beast. I'm actually excited about that. It'll be the first time that I paint a Chaos model. Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that plays itself out. Yeah, all right. So, Danny, what about you? What are you working on? Uh, so my 2019 goals are kind of uh, TBD at this moment, even though it's halfway through February. Forgive me, y'all. I'm getting married in a few months. That's basically all I'm doing is I'm putting stamps on invitations. I think that's a hobby goal. Uh, I think making table signs is a hobby goal. I think getting uh, groomsman gifts, totally a hobby goal. Uh, so that is uh, number one. Number two, uh, I have been working my way through the Blackstone Fortress models, I've painted Pius Vorn, my hashtag bad bitch. Uh, I have painted the Urgul because I've always loved the dark Eldar, uh, Jukari, if you will. And uh, this gave me a chance to uh, tickle that little little itch. And um, I've been kind of slowly working through my uh, 
Dark Imperium Primaris Marines. Uh, when I started that collection, I really wanted to focus on making a really pristine and uh, detailed, like stupidly, unnecessarily highlighted army. Uh, I've gotten through five models, <laughs> so uh, it's slow going, but it is uh, a ongoing goal. And the rest of the stuff I'm kind of trying to downsize throughout the course of the year. Uh, I am looking to probably get rid of most of, if not all of my Age of Sigmar stuff and uh, get rid of my Blood Bowl stuff and things that I just don't use anymore. Get that, that stuff right out of my life, take the burden off my shoulders and focus on the things I love, which are my beautiful blue Smurfy boys, the Ultramarines. Put on that 40k juice cleanse. Yeah, man. Uh, it's, um, you know, the, uh, the vigilist cleanse. You just um, take a bunch of gene stealers and it rips you apart and you weigh nothing. It's great. Um, but yeah, then I, I, uh, I am also, uh, depending on whatever the gamer formerly known as Jimmy wants to do with the Lord of the Rings doubles, if he wants to do them, then I will be uh, procuring and creating a Minas Tirith army um, for that little adventure. Um, how about you guys? What about you, Jason? Anything new? Any big plans? Yeah, so my hobby progress for 19 was sell everything that I didn't use, which has been a full-time job. Um, but I'm happy to say that I'm I'm down to uh, the bare minimum, basically. There's still a few things. I know uh, Trace and I have a bunch of Infinity slash Kill Team train, so like MDF train from our Infinity days, uh, that we're trying to move to help support the AT initiative. Um, but really, like as far as like, overall 19 goals besides making only hobby purchases that are needed and not just buy everything that is released <laughs> through gws because that's what jason has done for the last 10 years jason uh, how are we going to convince ourselves that we need the new space marine box that's coming out uh well and that's so that leads me <laughs> to my point is that in my hobby sell down mode i made a few trades and i ended up with the completion of the new primaris collection so i had i don't know what their unit name is but the the jump pack guys that have the two plasma guns interceptors um, there you go thank you very much so i ended up with a box of those because i don't have them for my crimson fists i ended up with uh, uh another box of hell blasters because i only had five and you know we all need 10 and then it ended up with uh another transport and the name slips my um, repulsor. repulsor so i can make the sh the the non las cannon version of that uh and that would really like i'm like oh wow as a completionist i you know have every unit and then <laughs> then the lvo aggressors too yeah. oh yeah and the the flamer aggressors so i sold down and i had no unbuilt kits and now i have those kits that i'm currently working through and like we talked about last episode adding fists to my sergeants for um, just a you know normal Primaris expansion, but then the LVO community um, preview with all of those things that are Black Legion and Space Marines came out, and you know I don't get it, but uh, uh, the Emperor has released another chamber, a Vanguard chamber of Primaris. I how how does Emperor that... Sigmar? Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, but no. Let me tell you, those models; those are definitely my progress. So, uh, getting the, all of those models from that set in, uh, and then my other pr progress or goals for 2019 is to get back to painting. So, I'm a huge uh, commission painter type, uh, where I pay people to paint my models. I, you know, money got me into this problem, and money will get it, get me out of it, as uh, another podcast would say. So, I am a big proponent of of that, but. Um, you know, it's just not sustainable for, for the long term. So I need to get back to painting. I have a, all the tools to paint and I have enough skill to paint to the level that I want them painted to. Um, so really, my goals for 19 is just get back to the hobby desk other than assembly and, and get some paint on some models. And that's what I'm going to use this Primaris release uh, for. I'm going to give it my good old college try to get all of those painted by the time we go to Nova so I can have the option of running all Primaris and then having Pedro Cantor come down in his drop pod and put his fist in places that cannot be talked about on this podcast. All right, so that, Jared, Jared and Trace, I want to I do it right now. What podcast are we giving it before Jason is like, I hate painting. I can't do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell it all or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it commission. I'm going episode four. 
episode <laughs> three. So you mean episode three? Episode four being that's the one where he he tells us we record right after the Vigilus box release. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, the, so the point where Jason gets way more models than he really wants to paint, and then he sends them off. Yes. Yeah. That is a hundred percent what happens. Is I overexpand too quickly. I mean, I just got back uh, the Zine Chore band for the Eyes of the Nine for Underworlds today. Which looked great. Which looked yeah. great. They, I'm really, you know, Dark uh, Bunny Creative Studios did that. I really like to support local hobby enthusiasts. You know, and I, I'm fortunate enough to have Dark Bunny Studios right down the street for me. So uh, when it came time to commission paint the Zine Schwar band, Eyes of the Nine, I reached out to them and they did a fantastic job. Uh, they painted them, and I, I'm not a painter, so correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, like a microchrome, like a just muted, like two colors. I don't know. Monochrome. 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 There you go. There you go. Uh, you know, I gave them full artistic uh, leverage on that, and that's what they came back with, and I, I couldn't be happier. Um, you know, and the cool thing is one of my favorite colors is purple, so they painted the horror and the brim in purple. Um, very, very happy to support that local hobbyist uh, studio. Uh, very happy to get some some models commission painted because, you know, it's my favorite thing to do. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting them into the mirrored city to – kill some far striders and uh, banish that Moloch back to the holy crawled out of. Um, but with that trace, I mean, you, this episode alone, you have a thousand hobby goals in 19. So <laughs> for what are they? Else. So um, one of my biggest hobby goals for this year is actually just to become a better painter overall. Um, and so one of the things that I've kind of decided that I want to really go kind of try hard on is, is the, the, um, the underworld's warband. So whatever that may be, whether it's the ends up being the dwarves or the troll, um, there's going to be a significant amount of time spent on those models, which is why Molog in particular is in sub assemblies on my desk right now. And I'm actually using Jared's models to begin with. So, um, so that's kind of the overall goal is just to be kind of become, become a better painter this year. My first quarter goal though, is to kind of finish my Adeptus Mechanicus list that I have kind of ironed out. It's 2000 points, but let's be honest when those, um, when those black Legion models come out that might get pushed to the side and we'll, we'll start to, to paint some of those instead. Um, right now I'm, I'm using the Blackstone Fortress models as practice for those. So the black Legion models in there, um, have been kind of the, the test bed, for those for those models coming out and then the overarching goal also is is to have a, an army ready for doubles whatever that may be and so kind of planning and getting steps started for that too in quarter one um quarter two will end up being just really kind of digging in and digging to be a better painter um I'll be going really try hard on Molog's Mob or whatever those models may be uh, to prep for Nova. And then in third quarter, whether we end up doing Titanicus or not, um, we'll determine whether or not I'm really trying to paint a bunch of really big robots or not throughout the year too. So the good thing is for me is that I'll have a lot of different projects to kind of keep my interest peaked throughout the year. So, But that's the overall goal for 2019 is to get those things kind of um, out of the frying pan and into the fire. And it's also to kind of downsize a little bit too, because I have a lot of stuff that I'm not really using and to kind of help fund um, some of these other projects. I'm going to be using some recycled hobby money probably. So, yep. Guys, that sounds great. Like I'm really excited to see what we do. Uh, you know, what you guys are able to put together. Um, I don't think I ever weighed in. So, Jason, I'm going to give you to episode six um, on the wager <laughs> there. Um, a lot of faith. Yeah. So, uh, so what we'll do is uh, we'll take a break and then we'll come back and uh, Trace will close us out. Well, that rounds us out for the first episode of the Battle Mallet podcast. I just want to say thank you to all you guys who keep the hobby alive. And, um, we just want to say thank you from three dads and a dude who doesn't use primer. Okay. <laughs> oh, savage. Wow. Save the dude. You guys dads. have a great night. Save the primer. For, the, for next time, I'm Trace. I'm Jared. This is your no primer using lover boy, Danny. 
And I'm Jason Tableloon Murray. Get the hell out of here. The Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. This episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast was produced by me, Jared Johnson. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Yeah, that's, yeah. Once you go Black Legion. (laughs) (laughs) Family show! Family show! It's a show for families! (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Abaddon approves.